thank you for a huge year on the Words and Nerds podcast. In 2021, the podcast had more than 250 conversations with authors, publishers, agents, booksellers, podcasters, and other amazing bookish people in approximately 200 episodes. There are three spin-offs, Ben Hobson's Burgers, Beers and Books, Josie Layton's A Different Page, and Nathan J. Phillips's The Regular Takeover. We had 22 takeover guests and growing, a summer series takeover, a NaNoWriMo series, crossovers, and the incredibly popular Publishing Insider series. The podcast appeared at literary festivals. We hosted live streams at bookshops for book launches, including the much-loved Four Continents for Critics. This holiday series is all about you, the listeners. Enjoy the most listened-to episodes of 2021 to get you through the holiday period. Stay safe and read more books. Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny B. Today, I'm interviewing authors for the Writers Unleashed Sutherland Shire Writers Festival. It's such a privilege to be podcasting for this wonderful festival and a huge shout out to our organiser extraordinaire, Danuka McKenzie and everyone else behind the scenes. I'm super excited to welcome a friend, a pal and a repeat guest, Rory H. Mather. Rory likes lasagna, karaoke, potatoes, dogs and picture books. I mean, who doesn't? This is why we're friends. But doesn't think they necessarily go together. I probably, I think they do, really. He's the author of many, many picture books. He's a picture book superstar, Vlad's Bad Breath, Easter Hatastrophe, Vlad's In Love, and the newly released Get Back In Your Books. And another title coming out, Rory, later this year. Welcome, Rory H. May the Picture Book Superstar. <laughs> Thanks, Danny. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Back. Yeah, intro, wow. Yeah, I know. Smashing these intros. Well, you know, there's no time to be humble. We've got about 20 minutes to chat about your amazing work. And I've said to everyone, this is no time to be humble. We're here to celebrate your work. We're here to celebrate literature. So let's do that, shall we? Sounds excellent. Now, writers' festivals, we love them. We love being out and about with like-minded people. What do you love about writers' festivals, Rory? Um, I just love the opportunity to actually network um, with other writers like I mean it's been great um, having the opportunity um, to have people particularly with it being online lately have the opportunity to have people from all over the world but definitely all over Australia as well um, just um, converging like online so you're not face to face which um, is my favorite medium but um, yeah just having the opportunity for people to to talk and um, catch up and and experiencing together and I think this community is very close-knit and a lot of time you might message someone or you might talk to them on Messenger or in emails and whatnot, but you don't actually see them um, face-to-face or even like just um, not even like face-to-face in Zoom for yeah. too. So it's good to see um, that sort of thing. Yeah, no, it is, it is. And this is the next best thing and we are lucky to be having this Zoom and I, I've, I've had my own sort of um, simulated writing festival today speaking to so many people back-to-back. So I feel like it's a similar energy, but, yeah, it's a it's a real shame that we can't get together. Um, but they've in saying that, they've done a wonderful job in, in pivoting and making sure that we can still um, have these amazing chats. So that is great. Now, yeah, no, it's absolutely, absolutely incredible to see um, how, they, how quickly they do that too. Like, yeah, Just a month ago, this was going to be face-to-face and then next minute. And, I think, yeah. um, unfortunately, we're getting better at doing that because of our, um, yeah. our frenemy COVID. So, <laughs> anyway, it's a whole different topic. We're not even going to go into that. Um, now, I love watching your Insta posts and I can see that right now you're dressed up as Wes Wally. Would I be correct in saying that? 
Correct. Yes. Fantastic. And I often see you in a onesie. It's really the highlight of my day when I'm scrolling through Insta. What is Rory dressing up as today? You love getting out and about workshops with kids and stuff. Tell me about that. Yeah, no, I really do. Um, I don't do enough of it really um, because I work full time, but um, I do really like just, I enjoy the experience, whether it's reading my own stories or someone else's, because that's what the, um, where I started, like I started off reading other people's stories um, as part of my previous job working at public libraries. Um, and I just love the um, expressions that kids have when they enjoy a good book and just, you can see the joy in their faces and so that's why I love doing what I do. It's a lot more nerve wracking. I have to say, reading your own stories because like I'm looking for, I've seen the reactions when I've read, like, you know, <laughs> pig the pug or, um, or film of the unicorn or something like that. But when you're reading your own stories, it's a bit more nerve wracking because you're like, are they going to react the same way? But um, it's still so exhilarating and such a blessing. Mm, I love that. It must be nerve wracking reading your own stories to kids and watching their reactions. Do you ever say, come on guys, that was meant to be the funny part. Yeah, well, I, what, 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 I, what I've been really lucky and fortunate with is um, having so many books in such a short period of time, I feel like I'll be more confident the more books I have out because I'll have more options for if something's not working. I'm like, all right, let's try this one. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it's, it is very nerve-wracking. And I've got a few um, – I'm fortunate enough to still have a few um, face-to-face visits next week for book week. Um, and this morning, actually, I spent some time with um, – Kelly Nissen, who's an amazing person in the Kidlet community, and she was helping me um, just talk through some of um, options for presenting because I'm presenting to on Wednesday. I'm presenting to 120 kids um, in one room. Wow, and, uh, that's a lot more than I'm comfortable doing, um, and more, more a lot more than I've ever done before. So, yeah, um, it's going to be exciting. That is exciting, and I think it must be such a different energy with just, you know, maybe a class of kids, 20 or 30 kids to 120. You're going to have to up the ante a bit, Rory. Can't wait to see what you dress up as. Yeah, well, I'm probably going to keep this outfit because, to be honest, the onesies, even in winter, are very hot. So, and, like, I'm, as I said, I get quite nervous and I'm a sweater. So, you know, I'd, I'd end up with my, my bunny onesie being drenched and I'd, like, leave there, be dripping, and be t- disgusting. <laughs> Wow. So don't do that. Hot tip. Don't do that. Don't do that, Rory. Hot tip. Don't wear onesies. <laughs> I love that. To, to be crowd events. Oh, oh, okay. I was going to say, that's your thing. That's your thing, Rory. Come on. Now, you know, I'm, I'm actually in the market for a line onesie at the moment. So. <laughs> well, I look forward to seeing that on Insta when you finally get your hands on one. <laughs> Maybe you can get more breathable fabric one. Maybe like, yeah, some sportswear. Maybe oh. that could be a thing. I could like, you know, contact Nike. Like Nike. Just do it. Let's do it. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Now, you, as I've said, you know, a number of times already in the last five minutes, picture book superstar. What's the secret of writing a great picture book? If I knew, I'd tell you, but to be honest. No, you um, wouldn't. You wouldn't tell me, right? I think think it's just, um, I think, because I think I know, I I know something that a lot of your listeners probably don't know, and that is that you yourself are um, dabbling in the picture book industry. And um, I think you probably agree here that it's really just exploring ideas. Like, if you have an idea, have a crack at it. Like, you can, you can only, you can't really do any, anything wrong by having a go, but you could strike gold. And um, I think, I think struggle finding ideas. But I think, I think for me, it's just having, having. I don't have, often I don't have a fully fleshed out idea, but I'm just willing to explore it and. Mm. Um, I think that that's what what 
makes me more prolific, I think, than some people. Hmm. No, I actually totally agree with you. And I have a whole spreadsheet of many ideas and not all of them work. And you just have to accept that not all of them are going to work and they're going to sit on that spreadsheet maybe forever or maybe they'll something will form in your head in a year later or something. So I think you've got to be comfortable with the failure part. Yeah, yeah. I think probably more than half don't work in my yeah. case. Like yeah. I, I often like through – well, I do when I get an idea – is I generally text it to myself and it's generally like a one line concept. And then I'll look back at it a few weeks. I'm like, what does that even mean? <laughs> um, and I'm like, well, clearly it didn't mean much if I can't remember it. So, but I think um, I'll probably text myself like three or four times a week. And out of those texts, maybe um, one or two of those texts that I do maybe in a month would be actually become stories. Mm-hmm. And I'll explore all of them, but yeah, it's, um, not every idea is going to be a story and not every story is going to be a good story. So, mm. And sometimes those ideas, they need time to percolate. You know, that's why I just leave them on the spreadsheet and maybe in a year, maybe not, they'll always, nothing will come of them, but then maybe one day, you know, you'll be influenced by something or it'll just sort of come together, I think. So no idea is a bad one. They're just not all going to work right now, I think. Yeah, totally. And like sometimes an idea, you might write it out, you might like write the full story and something's not quite working with it. And that's definitely the case. Um, you mentioned earlier, um, Rory the Lion, which is my next book coming out with Larrikin House. And that's by far my most edited story. And it's really, um, for me, it's probably my favourite story just because it was one of the first ones I ever wrote. And it's one that um, my parents loved the whole way through. And um, that means a lot to me too. Mm. Um, but I think that story didn't work for a long, long time. And over a period of years, I would, I would go back to it every six months and do another two or three drafts. And eventually, um, with, and it was with the help of um, the writing community, like um, my good friend, Siki Cohen um, in WA, um, had a crack at it, had a look at the rhyme. And um, we talked about ideas about where we could, where we could go, which was really the, end, the ending of it that wasn't sitting well with me. Mm-hmm. And um, then in oh, last year, actually, um, yeah, last year I... Um, tweaked it for the final time and I was like right I'm saying this off and then and even then though like um, James Alarican accepted it and then Mary James and I tweaked it again when we were um, doing the final edit so yeah Mm. um, life and picture books are definitely like a tweaking process yeah absolutely I love that tweaking process though because I I think I've heard this great advice about hold your words loosely and I love that because it's about holding those words loosely you know and there are some hills you might want to die on but holding them loosely when you're in the editing process you make sure that you're actually getting the best possible work that you can together yeah and sometimes it might be that um the illustrator might come back with a uh, yeah. concept that's essentially better than yours and then you've got to tweak your words to fit the, the illustration it might yeah. be the vice versa like they might have to tweak their illustrations to your, to your verse but um either way as a creator i think um you have to be open to that collaboration and open to um, open to change. Mm. It's a real challenge, though, or a lesson in um, self-doubt and ego, though, I think, because we all have both of those things, some oh, yeah. people in different measures. <laughs> but um, it's interesting because you, I, I actually have to actually tell myself, you know, in a, in a very damning <laughs> talk, self-talk, You've got to put those things aside, both your self-doubt and both your ego, and then you've just got to focus on making this the best work. And once you can actually authentically really do that, I think you can really give yourself to the feedback. Yeah, well, 
for me, I, 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 I don't struggle with um, self doubt. Um, <laughs> favorite champion, uh, but but uh, I completely acknowledge um, what what I also don't struggle with taking on change because I completely acknowledge that there are people in this world, like lots of them too, who are just so much better at this than I am. And so yeah, I like and they're everywhere. They're everywhere I look. Like every time I walk around the corner there's a new person who's better than me and that's fine because i befriend them and then they help me <laughs> edit my work i love how you said that i'm the champion of self-doubt i love that so much but you know what i actually see self-doubt as long as it's not crippling i see it as a really good thing because it makes your work better would you agree yeah no definitely um i think um look it's all about the dosage i guess like yes. you don't want to have too much and you don't have too right. little Mm, that's right, exactly. Self-doubt coupled with ego. <laughs> the, the extremes of either probably aren't very helpful, I think. Definitely not. I think um, I definitely think as a first-time author, um, let the ego go. Just yeah. um, You hear yeah. stories of people um, where, they're, where they're arguing the point. And I was listening to um, some of the discussions um, from Rise Unleashed, um, listening to some of the uh, pre-recorded sessions, I think you were interviewing um, four publishers. The editors, and, um, yeah. Yeah, and they were talking about that. Like, yeah, yes, they have to be willing to take on changes. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think, and I've spoken to this about this to a number of people, once you give your work to the publisher and they sign it and they want to put their money towards it, it really becomes then a collaborative process. Yes, your name's on it, of course. And most publishers will say, well, this is your work at the end of the day, you know, but I think you have to accept that it's a collaborative process, particularly with a picture book, because you've got the illustrator on board as well. And that's not even mentioning your editors and your, and, you know, the publishing house, etc. Yeah, well, it's funny. People who aren't in the industry will often say to me, like, oh, how do you go, like, you know, handing over your manuscript and then people want to change it and they, like, when you get back to illustrations and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know what? The publisher's paying for everything, so I'm open to <laughs> – That's right. I'll make, I'll, make, I'll make changes. Like, that's right. That's right. They've signed me. They're paying me to do this amazing thing. If you want to change a line yeah. or you hate the ending, let's do it. Yeah, I feel the same way. Exactly. Now, I want to thank you because you said you befriend people who, you know, you think are better than you and get them to help you with your writing. And I wanted to actually publicly thank you because you helped me with my pitches when I pitched to Larrikin House. You didn't have to do that. So oh. thank you. Well, you did because I begged. But <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate that. No, we're, we're that. friends, Danny. So friends help each other. Um, I know you've looked at a few of my manuscripts as well and um, made suggestions. So, yeah, it's all about um, giving and taking, I guess. Yeah, absolutely no, but I really appreciated that because I was very green, still am. But anyway, <laughs> thank I think, you. I think to be honest, I don't know who isn't green. Like, <laughs> there's so many um, people in this industry, and but yeah, I, I I don't know when I'll finally reach a point where I'm like, oh, I know what I'm doing, like because mm. I still don't know what I'm doing. I, you know what? I I don't actually ever want to get to that point. To be honest, like I actually always want to feel a little bit self-doubty because I feel like that's where the best work comes from. I feel like if I get overconfident, I'll be terrible. <laughs> I guess also if you if you um if you know what's coming, it might take away from the surprise, and that might take away from the fun. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's good. No, I'd like to just keep thinking that um you know I'd like to keep this keep being self-doubt champions, Rory. I think that's working for us. <laughs> May not feel like it sometimes. <laughs> so, Danny. Oh. Today, um, yes. I've got a question for you, sorry. Yes. Oh, right, yes. Please, your Go. show. Go for um, it. So I'm just curious, um, like I know, yeah, you've been writing a bit recently. Um, have you ever entered any competitions at all? 
I have not for picture books, no. I did enter something for crime because I've been writing crime. My crime has not gotten anywhere as yet. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I've been writing crime. crime crime novels, yes, for adults. Wow. Um, but they take a very long time. Um, how, how, yeah. how big are we talking? 90,000 words. Whoa. Yeah, so Whoa. It's, when, you, when you write something that's 90,000 words and no one likes it, it's... Um, it's hard to swallow because of the time you've put into it, but that's okay. So um, I've written two. Uh, the first one was terrible. Um, I'll just put it out there. Um, it was just my practice one, I guess. I guess I didn't know what I was doing. So Do that's you reckon just... though it's it actually terrible or oh, is it actually terrible or just does not suit certain people? No, I'm going to think, oh, I'm going to say it's terrible. Yeah. So I just feel like that's I not just a agree, practice I one. <laughs> it's not on my laptop. I'm not going to delete it because of all the hours spent on it but it's just yeah. gonna sit there i think forever um but then i wrote another one i've had some um you know some feedback some manuscript assessments and stuff so look i don't know if it's going to go anywhere but i'm always willing to take on feedback and sort of rework something but i've absolutely found this absolute love of writing picture books like just yeah. totally absolutely in love with it it is joyful it is fun it is for kids it makes your brain think in different ways um, it makes you so creative. It makes you play with words. And I love words, so massive word nerd. And I think writing <laughs> writing 90,000 words, you don't get to play as much because so much of it is about getting the bloody words down. But I've just found this absolute, I'm, I'm obsessed with writing picture books now because I just find so much joy in it and so much playing in it. You know, I'm totally, I totally agree with you there. I'm, I'm obsessed with picture books as well. And yeah. like not just not just um, writing them, reading them. Yeah, like, totally. I just find them the most fun format of book there is. Mm. And I read a lot of um, historical fiction, and I, I really enjoy doing that. But oh, like I don't have any kids. I've got fur babies, but I've got a big collection of picture books in this cupboard behind me here, like bigger than the average thirty-one-year-old. <laughs> you think? Possibly just a wee bit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah look even though um i'm gonna still write crime because i enjoy it and i do enjoy reading it and exploring it um if nothing comes of it that's okay i'm just gonna write for myself and i just am so grateful and stoked and amazed that i'm being able to do the picture book so grateful yeah, cool. is the word pretty, i think it's really cool that you can actually do that you have the ability to do both like i'm currently about a third of the way through a um, draft of a um, chapter book um, my goal was to get about 6,000 words um, roughly for the story and I'm just over 2,000 at the moment. And i got to admit, like, 6,000 is a push for me, like, whereas 91,000, that's incredible. But, look, Rory, you did actually give me some credit and say that I could actually have the ability to do that. That has not been proven yet. So <laughs> the judge is no, still out on that. No, 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 no. If, you, if you've done it, if you've done it, it doesn't matter okay. whether it's published yet. Okay, If right. you've done it, it's, it's, it's always editable at the end of the day. So um, the fact that you've written it, it's not just an idea circulating in your head. That's, You're very that's kind. the real treasure. This is why we're friends. You're very kind. <laughs> now, I want to talk about rhyme because we talked a bit about rhyme when I was drafting some things and I didn't quite know where my sort of brain was in terms of rhyme and I've, I've one of my picture books is coming out that's prose and then the others are pretty much all rhyme. And I just find rhyme so fun and I find that I'm funnier in rhyme. In prose, I'm not that funny really. <laughs> Can you tell me about your, your relationship with rhyme? Yeah, definitely. So I 
I really struggle rolling pros, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and I do, I like, I struggle with rhyme too. Like I struggle, I'm terrible at meter. Um, I'm, I'm fortunate in that I often get it right by fluking it, but I don't ever set out <laughs> to do it. Um, but I think I agree. I think, uh, I think rhyme does make things funnier. For me, it's probably, um, they always say, people always say, don't let rhyme dictate the story. Yeah. And I totally agree with that. But for me, I don't let rhyme dictate the story in that. I'm not just going to chuck a word in there because it rhymes, but I will let rhyme dictate the story in that I'll try to find a word that will make a funny scenario yep. um, and that will also rhyme with my previous lines. So, yeah, like I do let it dictate to an extent, but um, only only to enhance the story. Yeah, I think I'm similar. I think I know what I want to say, but then some words are just impossible to rhyme with it without it being a complete disaster. And so that's when you, all your synonyms come in and you think, okay, that word's not going to work. Synonyms. Did I say cinnamon? Did I say cinnamon? No, no, you said it right. Oh. Like, um, so, as you can it tell, like, I, I, I heard you talking to Victoria McKinley about um, <laughs> see, I got lisp. So, like, that word for me is terrible. I'm like, cinnamon, cinnamon, cinnamon. What's the but, synonym yeah. of a synonym, Rory? Jeez, the deep <laughs> questions. You're on words and nerds. Is there a synonym to a synonym? You just keep talking. I'm going to Google it. So, what were you going to say about Victoria McKinley? I know. I heard you guys talking about synonyms and synonyms. Those <laughs> things. Um, yeah, I, I I really struggle with that word, hey. But um, I love them. I when I'm when I am um, writing a story, I am always on um, rhymezone.com. Yeah, I love rhymezone. And, and I use synonyms. I can't find you another word. I'm sorry. I'm looking. There's got inter, an interchangeable word. That would uh, probably that would fit. Yeah, a compatible word. Uh, yeah, equivalent? maybe a comparable word too. Equivalent word. That's interesting that there's no real synonym for synonym. We've just discovered something, Rory. We might have to uh, create one. <laughs> one that one that's not tongue twisted to uh, I can actually say it. I'll let great. you make it up. <laughs> you can make up the word. <laughs> what are we talking about? I forget. Like a three-letter oh. word, like Bob. Oh, I like that, Bob. That's the new word. Synonym for synonym. What are we talking about? Yeah. Rhyme. Rhyme. Were you still talking about rhyme or have we moved on? Rhyme, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> rhyme um, and, uh, yeah, what what the, the humour in rhyme and, and, and how you, you said that you found, you find that writing in rhyme is more funny than yeah. writing in prose. I'm disappointed so, that I'm not as funny in prose. I think it's prose. a real skill, though. <laughs> I think prose is a massive skill. And, like, I have one story coming out next year that's in prose. Um, I, I'm, I'm, people can't see, but I'm pointing. I'm like pointing like next year <laughs> this way it. to my right. Hopefully next um, year to your right, there's no COVID in that Fingers direction. crossed, hey. Like, yeah. Terrible. But, yeah, I think prose is such a massive skill and in some ways a bigger skill than rhyme because um, I feel like with rhyme, for me, it sets boundaries. Um, yeah. I, I, I can totally. say, all right, well, this is where this sentence would naturally end. Whereas with prose... Yeah. Like you can have, you can write a really long sentence in in mm. reality. So like with prose, I mean, it's a picture. If you're writing picture books, obviously you don't want to have a super long sentence. But there still might be ways you could say things um, that convey more meaning than the mm. other ways. Um, yeah. and I just don't know where to stop. It. I actually think for me, it's dictated by story, right? So the first one that I wrote that got signed that was in prose, and I didn't mean to write it in. I just wrote it how it came out, but then. 
every single one after that has been in rhyme. Isn't that interesting? So I think the story dictates it. So if I get sort of an idea or a brief that says this needs to be really funny, I tend to lean on rhyme, whereas the book that's in prose, I don't think it's laugh out loud funny. It's kind of more quirky. Do you know what I mean? In my opinion. Yeah, and I think think you're right, though. Like you have an initial idea and it can be very hard to – your your idea will either be in prose or be in rhyme. It's very hard to move past that. Yeah, so Um, I just trust it now. Yeah, well, it seems to be working out for you. We'll, we'll see. I haven't published anything yet, Rory. Let's not count our chickens, shall we? <laughs> Perhaps that's a picture book about counting chickens. Maybe, maybe. I'll let you have that one. I don't think I can write about chickens. <laughs> you write a lot, though, and a lot of, um, you know, picture books with different ideas. So I want to know, Rory H. Mather, what defines a Rory H. Mather picture book? Hmm, that's tough. Mm, um, perhaps, perhaps because there are so, so many ideas. Perhaps mm. it's just randomness, like, um, <laughs> like but I, that, I. But that's a thing, you know what I mean? Like that's a thing. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, no, I think definitely uh, humor for the most part, and um, and rhyme would be two two things that define my rhyme. But obviously, they're not just specific to me. Mm. Um, I don't know. I just try to make things enjoyable for the kids at the end of the day. Um, yeah, that's important. But, yeah, but I do. Have, as I said, I've got a story coming out next year, which is in prose, and it's it's a story that um, came third in Rise Unleashed um, uh, twenty nineteen. So, cool. and I, it's, it's going to be interesting when that comes out because it's completely different to my regular style. Mm, so yeah. I'm really curious to see how um, we're going to talk about that, aren't we? Seen. Mm. Let's we? talk about that. Yeah, for sure. Let's do that. Let's still try and do it in person. We we're meant to go to your book launch tomorrow. I'm so sad. Yeah, I'm devastated actually. You're probably um, more devastated than I am, so I'm sorry that. But I was really looking forward to coming along and supporting you and giving you a high that's five. Right. There'll be there'll be future book launches for both of us. Absolutely. And, so, and and I think at the end of the day, um, this COVID era has to have a um, an ending. I hope and so. When it when it when it ends, we'll be ready. Party for party sensation. Yep. Let's do it. Yep. Chuck I've got some fo- on. Definitely. I mean, that's the thing. Onesies, you know, you get hot in the onesie doing a school visit, but a onesie on a dance floor, you really? get hot, but it's, it's okay. Interesting. Can I wear something else other than a onesie? <laughs> I, I mean, if so, you want. But Lori, like... I, bought, I bought this dress online. I don't know why I'm buying dresses online because I've been in lockdown for eight weeks and it looks like I'm going to be in lockdown for another at least six. But I've been buying lots of dresses. I don't know why. Um, and it's a dress with skulls on it, and I feel like it needs like a night out, so I might wear that. Is that all right? Mm. Yeah. yeah, that'd be that'd be fine. We might right, cool. might have to plan this. Oh, I'm going to say for Halloween next year, but that's a long way away. Let's plan for sooner than that. <laughs> oh, sooner, and, sooner. Um, as soon as we're allowed out, yeah, no, Let's do this. I um, I've got so I've I've got uh I've still got some flight credits for my flight that was um to Sydney oh, to come see you guys. So right. I'm ready. Whenever you oh. got, whenever 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 lockdown yep. lifts. I, mean, I do have to get okay. some jabs, but um, yeah, yeah. Same. Once I've got my jabs, I'll be down there. Excellent. I'm um, I'm ready to get jabbed now. I had to see if I was allergic to the jabs. I'm not. That's good news. So I'm ready to get jabbed. It's good news. It is good news. Um, and once everyone gets jabbed, we can you know party in our onesies again. So look, I reckon, Definitely. Rory, the best thing you can do is put that in your calendar every day until yeah, okay. it can, until it can happen. <laughs> Just go reoccurring like, event. Slowly. <laughs> 
<laughs> crossing crossing them out one after the other. That's right. Eventually, eventually it will happen anyway. Um, now, what's the hardest thing about being a children's author? Tough the, questions again. The, these questions? Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think the hard part for me, um, one of the hardest parts is the weight. Um, and the, the weight is comes in many forms. So mm. um, you might be writing and you might feel like you're not getting somewhere. And to be honest, every time you write, you're getting somewhere. Yeah. But um, it's so initially it's that weight to um, get a picture book picked up or a book picked up. And then it's the weight um, for that book to come. And there's lots of little miniature weights in, in, in there with that. Yeah. Like you're waiting to see the first illustrations, you're waiting to um, see edits. Um, you want to see the final cover and um, the pick the coloured versions of pictures, um, and and then we once you you might generally you'll get your advanced copy a month or at least a few weeks out prior to it being released, and then you're waiting for it to come out for everyone else to see it. Like, <laughs> um, again, Roy the Lion, like I'm super excited um, for people to see that because it's just so beautiful and um, get back in your books um, when when it had its bright shiny cover. I was like, oh my goodness, this is so exciting. And I got that um, sent to me about, I think, six weeks before uh, it was released. And just that, what everything's about waiting in this yeah, industry. Yeah, you're right. I think mm. it takes patience. And I'm not the most patient person. It's something I'm learning <laughs> as a necessity. Um, but yeah, and then and then you, and then obviously you you wait for other things like you wait for your next book to be signed or you're mm. um, you're waiting for your book launch or that's a waiting game. And um, I yeah, think and you're right about that. And I think filling in that waiting time, I think. You try and just fill it in with more writing and more ideas, and yeah, and it's important to not um, like acknowledge that you're waiting, but don't let the waiting get you down. Exactly, exactly. And just we've been talking. I've been, you know, eleven podcasts back to back today, which has been an absolute sort of intense. delight for me. Yeah, it is intense, um, but it's been good. It's been fun. How many um, coffees? Um, I don't drink coffee, Rory. Oh, whoa. Oh, whoa. <laughs> I know, whoa. I'm sorry. Why? What about especially martinis? Every time I tell someone I don't drink coffee, they're like, whoa, like I come from Mars. I've I was just been drinking a hot chocolate while we've been talking. I am a chocolate addict. So, you know, all the coffees I don't drink, I just eat and drink chocolate. So I hope I, I hope that gets that. your approval. <laughs> I do like chocolate, so. <laughs> so, yeah, plenty of chocolate and plenty more to come, I think, as well. Um. One more question, just because I find it interesting. Um, you know, we're both signed with Larrikin House and they have a very strong and specific brand, I think. And then, you know, Scholastic, you're published yep. with them as well. And they also have, you know, a particular brand. So when you are submitting your picture book manuscripts to publishing companies, is that something that is in your head when you're writing it about brand? Who is this going to suit? Or do you just write and then when you're ready to submit, you think, okay, this is going to suit this publishing house or this might suit this publishing house? Um, it's a bit of both. Like sometimes I'll set out to write something for a particular publisher. Mm -hmm. um, like Get Back in Your Books came about that way. Um, I was given um, instructions to write, okay. try to come up with a story for Book Week. Um, okay. And um, I wrote Get Back in Your Books. And it might, like, that's not like, there's no promise at the end of that tunnel. Like you're not guaranteed mm -hmm. to get a book that's going to mm -hmm. get signed. But, um, so, but yeah, I mean, for me, I've had, I've been fortunate. I've had an agent um, for the for the most part um, okay. with this, um, since I've started having books come out. And um, to an extent that dictates it because having an agent, they'll say, all right, well, this book would fit this editor because they're more in the know, I guess, mm -hmm. than, um, than myself or the average author. 
Um, but definitely, definitely there are stories where I'm like, oh no, this is like this is a Larrikin story story, or this yep. is a um a Scholastic story, or um yeah, and I think but I I do think it's important to give yourself the option of exploring options, I guess, because like um not not every story is gonna suit every publisher. And so you might send a story to one publisher um, and they might reject it or, um, and then you might send to another one and they might reject it, but that doesn't mean that that story doesn't have a home somewhere. And um, so it's exploring the options. Like it might not have been the, your first choice of publisher or it might, it might be your first choice or you might have even known how good, how much of a good fit it would have been because you're not in that situation. But um, I think, yeah, definitely explore options with with stories um, because mm. I think most stories probably have a home somewhere. Hmm, I love that. That's a nice way to finish our chat. I'd, I'd love chatting to you, Rory. So I'm glad we had a little bit of extra time today to do that and talk all things picture books. And um, I very much look forward to any book launch that you have coming up that I can attend when I'm not trapped inside my house and our future uh, onesie skull dress party coming up anytime soon. Sounds great to me. So we're going to head over to WA next year, um, early next year, and do our do a launch then, maybe. I'm maybe. keen to uh, go anywhere at this moment, Rory. So lock that in. Lock in. Not locked <laughs> down. Locked in. Exactly. Oh my goodness. Uh, well, I see what you did there, Rory. <laughs> yeah. Look, um, I'll be so keen to go um, anywhere. So yes, let's let's do that. Sounds good. We're flying though. Don't make me do a long oh, road trip, right? Oh, um, definitely flying. Like, <laughs> If I drive to Brisbane, which is now, I'm like, whoo, that's a long drive. So, yeah, no, WA is way too far to drive. So, I don't think yeah. I'll be good in a car, uh, like through the desert. I don't think that's something that Danny would be very good at. No. Um, and I, I, you have to carry a lot of water too, I imagine. So, it'd be quite the journey. Like, I mean, you could probably write a book about it, but um, no, I'd, rather, I'd rather write a book about the flight that was the flight from hell, perhaps. <laughs> oh, only six hours. <laughs> Very funny. Well, thank you so much, Rory. Love chatting to you and we shall chat again shortly. And congratulations on all your amazing success with uh, being a picture book superstar that you are. Thanks you so much for having me, Danny. Always a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. We'd love to engage with you on social media. You can find the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Danny V Books Words and Nerds podcast. You can also subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Stay safe and read more books.